Welcome to MSP Voice, the weekly show for MSPs by MSPs. Brought to you by CloudBerry, the number one cross-platform cloud backup. Learn more at cloudberrylab.com. This is MSP Voice. Hello and welcome to MSP Voice. This is episode number 34. Uh, my interview today is with Rick Porter. Um, he is with Cinch IT out of Massachusetts. Um, great interview. He talks about you know, all the stuff that they had to do in terms of success for Cinch, but also the fact that they're actually going to be franchising out now. So um, interesting discussion in, in terms of franchising opportunities uh, for MSPs. So definitely take a listen to that. Um, our housekeeping items here, mspvoice.com, as always, your source for all things MSP Voice. Uh, we've got past episodes up there. We've got announcements about um, webinars coming up and those types of things. So definitely check it out. Um, so we've got just a, a quick best of Reddit today. Uh, so we are going to start off with disparity across client technology. So this poster um, who works for a, a mid-sized MSP, they have about 2,000 um, users across 100 or so clients. Um, the issue is that, you know, he says that their salespeople, they, 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 they take your money, right? They'll, they'll take anyone's money. They don't care about the technology stack. Um, and what it's caused is the fact that, you know, they're, they're all over the place in terms of technology. So they've got five different WAP vendors, six different switch vendors, and nine different firewall vendors. Um, so, uh, you know, and it can be a little bit frustrating. So he's, you know, asking, does anyone have a high level of disparity across their clients or is this abnormal? If you do, how do you set it up? Uh, define internal processes, um, those types of things. So he's, he's trying to automate some, but it feels like it's an uphill battle. Thanks for any advice. So um, some, some good advice in here. Um, you know, the first you know, one here is like, that's not normal. <laughs> Part of being an MSP is reducing your cost by controlling the environment as much as possible. Um, so yes, I, you know, that, that, that does make sense. Um, but what you have to understand is, you know, how do you, how do you get there? And I think that's what the person is really asking about. Um, so, you know, the next post here, I don't see a flaw with the approach of we'll take your money. Um, you know, the hardest part of business is finding new clients, but if you're a relatively small MSP, you know, new clients come first. Um, and, you know, basically you've got to kind of, and then what he goes on to say is what you need to do is over time, get them transitioned to your standardized technology stack. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of need to have a plan in mind, I think, you know, with, with each client. And that's what a lot of other posters have essentially said as well is yes, right now it's kind of all over the place. But you know what you guys really need to do is come up with a plan to get everyone kind of standardized, um, you know, over the next one to two years, right? It's not going to happen overnight, um, but you definitely do want to kind of go go towards that that standardization thing. And then as you grow, then you can you know start to have it you know maybe even be a little bit quicker as you kind of get your processes defined and those types of things. Um, so you know definitely some some really good advice here. Everyone's saying you know standardize as much as you can. Um, it's, it's not an overnight thing, but, but definitely put a plan in place and, and you will get there. Next up is how do you hit your service level agreement? So is there a system for consistently hitting your SLAs? Uh, so this person here, um, sounds like who just works on the help desk. Maybe is not a manager, um, just a tech, uh, relatively new to this crazy world of IT. Um, uh, they have a great team of techs, but it seems overall there's a struggle hitting our service level agreements. Um, their manager is really in the office, so it's not like someone's in there in the trenches. Um, you know, so you, basically, it sounds to me like they're not hitting the service level agreements, and the manager is not really there and is not helping. So you know, he's getting frustrated. 
Um, so, you know, is there a system, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you manage this? Um, and uh, Dilbert09 here posted, um, you know, I think a, a pretty interesting, you know, system that they, they put in place. Um, so he, and this is fairly recent for them, but they uh, designed a roster for his team that seems to be working. There are three focus areas and the team rotate weekly through them. So there's, there's kind of, there's a triage um, where it's the first level calls, ensuring first response service level agreement is met for tickets on alert. The triage queue is expected to be um, on zero at the end of the day. Um, if it isn't, then you have to talk to the techs and find out why. Then there's the queue slash onsite, tickets that can't be resolved in 15 minutes, um, go to this queue as well as anything that requires an onsite. And then aged tickets, which is five plus days. Um, basically, you know, you're chasing vendors, trying to get the client back. Um, although sometimes it'll be a ticket just filter through, um, but every ticket in this space is acted upon daily. Now, the interesting thing about the system, so there's three different ones. There's triage, there's queue, and there's aged, but each week they rotate through and, and each one and, and do the different roles. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, that way, you know, you're not always on this triage, you know, one week you're on triage, next week you're on onsite, the next week you're on age, and then you rotate back through. Um, now he did say <laughs> that when he put his system in place, he had, you know, his, his team kind of banded together um, and, and almost revolted and a couple of people resigned or you know, said they were going to resign. Um, but now that it's been in place for three weeks, um, they've actually kind of come back and said, wow, this is actually working. We really like it. Um, so even though there was resistance at first, um, you know, his team, you know, really enjoyed it um, and, and they're, they're liking it now. But again, it's a new system, but it's, but it's, I think it's an interesting approach because, you know, like he says, and because they rotate through it, you're not doing the same thing every day. And, you know, in the age, when you're working the age tickets, you have a better appreciation for people working on triage because you did that two weeks ago. So you know what it's like to work in that queue. So, you know, a lot of different, uh, you know, benefits there. Um, whether or not the original poster is going to be able to implement this where, where he's at, since he's not the manager, I don't know. Um, but it definitely is, you know, some good advice. Um, and then there's a lot, of, lot more talk in terms of, you know, tier one, two, and three, um, and, and those types of things. But you know, then there's other people that you know, their their PSA manages, you know, this 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 stuff for them, the SLA requirements and the queues. Um, so you know, there's there's technology, there's process, different ways to look at it. Um, but just, I think it was an interesting topic um, and some, some really good responses here on that. So next up, we have a new MSP starting in the Indianapolis area. So this person, they're, they're starting an MSP, um, but they want feedback on their pricing model, please. So um, his business partner and I both currently employed a Fortune 100 financial services company on their leadership roles. Um, they, they like the idea of keeping your product services offering as simple as possible for standard solutions and then have the ability to provide uh, customized offerings as needed requested. Um, they, they try to make a tiered service offering where there was sufficient differentiation between the tiers, but also price, um, price it fairly for both us and the customers. Uh, so what they've proposed here is a bronze, silver, and gold plan. Uh, so, you know, and, and there's, I'm not going to read, you know, what's included in each one, but basically, you know, it's $1,000 a month plus $25 a user for the bronze, $1,500 a month plus $35 a user for the silver, um, and then gold is $2,000 plus $45 a user. Um, and then each one offers, you know, different types of things. Um, they're also looking at offering hardware as a service or PC as a service, as they call it, uh, for an additional $25 a month per user. Um, so, you know, some, some good detail here. And... I think what's interesting, and, and I was actually on a webinar last week where they were talking about pricing models, is it, it, 
he says he wants to keep it simple, but it, it might be too complicated already. Um, and that seems to be the most, what most of the commenters are saying. It's you, you do all you can eat um, because if you offer tiers, they're always going to pick the lowest tier <laughs> just based on price. Um, but you're going to have to end up doing other stuff anyway. So you may as well just do one price per user, you know, out the door, all you can eat. And, um, you know, and, and it'll make your life and your customers' lives that much easier. And there's a whole range of different ways that you can look at in terms of, you know, how do you price it? You know, where, where do you look at your profitability? All those types of things. Um, but again, most of the posters seem to be saying, just do all you can eat. Um, it'll, it'll make your life so much easier. Um, this person says your pricing doesn't make much sense. 90% of potential clients aren't going to know the difference between bronze and gold and just pick based on price. Um, you should include all the workstation stuff in your base, um, then have a few add-ons and upgrades that affect your base user monthly like DNS and backups. Um, also, do not store backups in, at your office unless you have proper data storage insurance compliance. So some other advice in there. But um, you know, again, <clears throat> a lot of good things here um, in terms of pricing. You know, how do you price your services? Um, jump in here on this thread if you like and uh, give them some advice. So that's all I've got in terms of best of Reddit. We're going to go ahead and get to the interview with Rick Porter. Um, great interview today. Um, again, he talks about some franchising opportunities. So definitely take a listen and I hope you enjoy. So talk to you next week. Thank you. Hello and welcome. Today I am pleased to be joined by Rick Porter from Cinch IT um, out of the Boston area. Rick, why don't you introduce yourself? Let us know uh, your business and how things are going. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, like you said, uh, my name is Rick Porter, president and CEO of a company called Cinch IT uh, out of the Massachusetts area. And uh, I have, uh, the company's been around since 2004. Um, like most of probably the MSPs that you talked to, it was a long evolution. <laughs> um, a little background on myself, uh, and then I can dive into the company. So um, for me, I really break it down I can give you my entire background in, in really three categories, uh, real simple. Uh, it, it really, for me, is education, uh, motivation, uh, and then experience. So mm -hmm. for me, my education, real simple. I went to Worcester State University, local uh, university here. I studied business administration. My uh, a concentration was on accounting and finance, uh, okay. not because I'm, uh, uh, I love accounting and finance. It's <laughs> one of the most boring things I ever did. Uh, but it was probably my biggest weakness at the time. Okay. I started my own business when I was 16 years old. It was a DJ business, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So I had that entrepreneurial bug in me, mm -hmm. um, but certainly, you know, I couldn't read a P&L or tell you what a balance sheet was. So I thought it was good for me to go, go ahead and get that experience. Um, motivation is a second piece for me. Uh, I've always been a motivated person. I think a lot of that comes from growing up and playing sports and things like that, just the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. um, but joining the United States military was actually a long, a long time dream for me. And okay. so I did it. And when I joined, I found out I am a little bit more motivated than I even thought. And the uh, military instilled a lot of motivation in me. And I ended up becoming part of the special operations community. Um, I worked uh, as a, uh, for the 75th Ranger Regiment, 1st uh, mm -hmm. Battalion out of Savannah, Georgia. So I got to go to airborne school and jump out of airplanes. I got to go to wow. Ranger School, which is the Army's premier leadership school. So I really learned what motivation really is, which okay. was great because later on I got to utilize that as a business owner. Uh, and the last part is experience. Um, I worked for uh, a technology company that did networking and voice over IP for about three years uh, before mm -hmm. I ever went off on my own and started my own business. So I, I got a, I learned a lot of valuable things working for somebody else as well. Um, and then I still made plenty, plenty of mistakes. So like I said, Cinch was founded in 2004. 
Okay. Uh, we started off as a break fix uh, company like anybody else. <laughs> and the difference is uh, we learned very quickly that it's a miserable business to be in. <laughs> so we, like so many people, transitioned into the MSP business as fast as humanly possible. Um, and uh, we've been fortunate. We, we've actually grown tremendously over the years. Uh, our average growth rate is about 34% year after year, uh, which I think is phenomenal. Um, uh, we've won lots of, uh, lots of local awards, uh, a lot of you know, best IT service provider for a couple of years now. Uh, I was honored to win 40 under 40, top 40 business professionals under the age of 40, because I am uh, still only 37 years young. Wow. <laughs> um, and Cinch uh, IT actually uh, was named, uh, we made the uh, Future Channels 501 MSP list this year yep. for the first time, which was, was a wonderful honor from us. So we've really been blessed. Uh, to grow and expand and we just try to do it intelligently uh, along the way and we certainly made plenty of mistakes though <laughs> <laughs> well, well first off you know thank you for your service um you know in, in, in the military um we, we we all appreciate that um and, and one other thing you said is that, that's kind of interesting is you know when you started cinch that you were doing break fix and then you you know now you're your msp how was that transition what was what was it like was it painful or was it just hey, we, we need to do this and were you able to convert your customers in MSP or you know, how'd that go? So a little bit of everything. So the, the interesting part, and this is fun, uh, it's actually a fun little story I can tell because we use it at orientation for all of our new employees. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you the exact conversation that made me decide that I hate this business and I want <laughs> something else. Um, I actually had a phone conversation. It was a, a you know, the help desk phone rang. Uh, I answered the phone. And it was one of our, you know, long-term clients. Uh, it happened to be a law office. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure this is a story that, that almost every MSP has, can probably tell you the, a similar story. And I answered the phone and it started with a, and I said, oh, great. This is going to be a fun one. Oh. And, and she said, Rick, I have an issue with these computers I bought from you. And I said, okay, no problem. You know, what was the issue? And she said, this thing's just, it's running incredibly slow and I don't understand why. And this was back in the you know, beginning days for us. And mm -hmm. I said, well, you bought the computers from us about 11 months ago. I said, have you run any updates to it? You know, have, you, have you checked your antivirus? Have you, have you done what maintenance have you done over the last 11 months kind of thing? And she said, well, that's what I pay you for. And I said, no, no, no. We don't have that type of relationship. When it breaks, you call me and I fix it and, and love to and I send you a bill for it. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, I just need to get this thing working. I said, sure, no problem. May I jump on your computer? And we, and we jump on the computer and we start to troubleshoot it. And just like a, a, a carpenter building a deck for you when you're paying hourly, every time he, he or she takes a cigarette break or a coffee break, it, it kind of drives you nuts, right? It's costing mm -hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how I felt like that phone conversation was. I had, I, there was a lot of deep sighs on the other side of the phone. <sighs> And I, you know, we said, you know, Hey, would you like to go grab a cup of coffee while I work on this? And she said, no, I don't have time. I said, okay, no problem. So we worked as fast as we could. Now, mind you, listen to those words carefully. I worked as fast as I could, mm -hmm. not necessarily a good thing. We finished, we fixed, you know, it, we, she got up and running. She was working pretty well. And I said, Hey, listen, because we don't talk all the time while I'm here, I would also like to check this and this and this, maybe your backup, maybe your antivirus, this, you know, can I do some of these proactive maintenance things while I'm here? And I'm sure you can guess the response when you're paying hourly. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't have time. I'll call you back. And yeah. of course they don't call you back. 
And I literally hung up the phone in that one conversation. And I said, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Really? really? No, this is a miserable relationship. <coughs> yeah. And I said, there, there has to be a better way. Um, and by no means did, <laughs> did Cinch invent, invent the MSP models, but we started to look around for a better relationship with our clients. Mm -hmm. um, and we did a lot of research. And at the time, uh, you know, MSP was certainly a thing. It wasn't as pronounced as it is now. Uh, and we started to learn from others and, and started okay. to take the good from their plans and develop, not necessarily develop an offering of MSP, but honest to God, develop a better relationship with our clients. And that happens to be an MSP model. So that, yeah. that's how we got into MSP is it literally just said, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. There has mm -hmm. to be a better way. Um, and we found that better way. Great. So, you know, I, I was looking at your website. It looks like, you know, how many, you know, how, how fast have you grown? I mean, you know, like you said, you, you've won several awards. Where, where are you at now in terms of size? Um, so two, I'll give you the, the shorter version. So 2015 until now is probably an easier way. In 2015, we had six employees. Okay. Uh, we now have 28 employees. Wow. In a matter of a few years, yeah, we uh, we rented, we leased a space that was mm -hmm. about 1,200 square feet in 2015. <laughs> Today, we own our own 12,000 square foot office building. Awesome. Um, and and a lot of that is not necessarily just for today's use, but strategic planning for the future. We have some mm -hmm. big plans for the future, and so some of that space is utilized for forecasted growth. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've come a long way um, as far as growth comes, both internal employees, business wise, and everything like that. Uh, this is actually the first year that we're eligible for the uh, Inc. Five Thousand. Um, so, uh, uh, our marketing director has actually, uh, been working with those folks and who knows, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but it's just nice <laughs> to be eligible. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's a, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, as well, like I said, as, as well as the other awards that, that you guys have won now, <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, customers, do you, do you specialize in, in any type of verticals, you know, geographic area, those types of things? Sure. There's a lot of MSPs that definitely have verticals that they focus on. Um, we have verticals that I would say we specialize in, okay. but not strictly work with. So mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do for us, I think, with geography um, and regulation. So we work with a lot of healthcare companies and we work with a lot of manufacturing companies. Okay. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you, we're in Massachusetts. Those are probably <laughs> the two largest industries in my area up here. So it's mm -hmm. a natural growth. There's a lot more potential customers in that field. Um, okay. They're both also heavily regulated and they both are very reliant on their technology. So mm -hmm. they've really just, they turn out to be the perfect fit for us because they have the need, they have the desire, and there's a lot of them in our area. Um, but I don't necessarily consider them a vertical. We do work in, in almost every industry. I can tell you what we okay. don't work with because that's a lot, that's a lot easier. <laughs> uh, we don't work with hospitality whatsoever. Okay. So we don't do restaurants, bars, mm -hmm. or anything like that. And, and again, it comes back to that kind of that founding philosophy that I told you when we started the MSP and it's, it's all about the relationship. And to be very honest with you, I personally don't, and I don't want anybody from my staff to get a phone call at one in the morning from, let's say a bar that says my POS system is down. I'm trying to close out at last call and we have yeah. on site maybe, or try to work with, you know, a bunch of intoxicated professionals. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's honestly just a relationship thing of, yeah. of a hospitality. Yeah, and you know, when you go into hospitality, you know, then you're talking you're talking POS, right? And, and retail, and it, it's a it's a completely different animal um, than 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 you know some of the other stuff that you do. So you know, and, and there are people that specialize that in that, and, and great for them. Yeah, absolutely. Let um, them do what they focus on, and we'll do what we, what we do best. 
Um, now, when it, when it comes to kind of like software for running your business, um, do you, I, I'm sure you have a stack that you use internally for, for managing your customers, but are you of the, of the mindset that all of your customers have to be on, you know, a standard set of equipment or do you kind of take what they have and work with it? Um, I would say it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, we do like to standardize. Okay. Yeah. So our MSP offering, so everybody's MSP offering is just a little bit different. A lot of, yeah. a lot of pieces are very similar, but they all do have some differences. Some are competitive advantages and some are things just they do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, of course, tries, tries pardon me, to standardize. For us, we do. Our, our MSP offering is, is an, an all-inclusive offering, right? So okay. the unlimited remote support and on-site support. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's rare nowadays, but, it, <laughs> but there, is, there is others that do it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, because we're providing that level of inclusiveness, we do want to minimize the level of support that's required. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, synergistically, that's what they want as well, right? They want to have no yeah. issues. We want them to have no issues. And because of that, we do standardize. So for example, when, when in our MSP offering, every user receives an antivirus license it's it's our antivirus we happen to use webroot it is mm-hmm. the antivirus of choice that we use our guys are certified in it they specialize in it they know it inside and out yeah. so we do that same thing with email uh, they everybody gets email compliance suite so they get their email archiving they get okay. email encryption, they get their spam filtering it's all the same yeah. solution across all of our clients so the vast majority of the software that the end user receives is standardized. And, okay. and a lot of, for that is become, because then we become subject matter experts in it. Um, some of the, the more um, you know, broad things like the type of firewall a client uses, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily standardize it. Of course, we certainly have our preferences. Yeah. Um, and when it needs to be replaced or something like that, we would certainly make our recommendations and we do standardize those. Um, but we do you know, firewalls, backup systems, things like that. Um, we're well-versed in all of them and we can support most of them anyway. So uh, we are branding agnostic when it comes to some of those things. Okay, great. Um, you know, cause like I said, I know different people have different ways of doing it, you know, and they say, Hey, if you're going to be my customer, this is a stack you're going to run um, because it helps them standardize and, and increase profitability and others, you know, be more flexible with the customers. So um, I think both models work. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can see, I can see the pros and cons of both hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now another interesting thing I noticed on your website all the way at the bottom, um, <laughs> is about franchises. Yes. And you know, I, I, I found that curious. So, you know, you're, are you, are you kind of breaking out into a, a franchise type model? So if someone <clears throat> in their local town or community or state wants to, you know, start a, a cinch IT, they, they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually really glad to know that you noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's actually new to us. And that's why I say that. So okay. um, uh, kind of coming back to that growth that we've talked about, Cinch IT has been fortunate enough to see, see some major growth over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that was strategic and some of that was just dumb luck, to be very honest with you. Um, we have uh, worked with a couple of large clients. Okay, Some of them have international offices. Um, a lot of them have multiple satellite offices spread out across the United States. Okay. So and because of that, we are supporting those customers. You know, uh, something as simple as onboarding those customers becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, we flew guys to Florida a couple times, Texas, Maryland, California, Colorado, all across the United States. Yeah, um, it's expensive, it's time-consuming, so on and so forth. So we were faced with a real challenge at the beginning of 2018. Uh, as to how are we going to support these larger customers that are spread out across the United States when we're 
you know, we're located here in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and our management team strategized about it. We also brought in our outside advisors, our CPAs, our lawyers, our consultants, our insurance people. We brought them all together. And what we decided upon was that franchise model um, is actually a great solution for us and something that's not done very often in our space. There's Exactly. Yeah. That's why, that's why it caught my eye. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's very few MSPs. <clears throat> now they do exist, mm-hmm. um, but there's, they're few and far between. Uh, one of them was actually just bought out uh, in the last month or so by a capital uh, firm out of Texas, I believe. So it's, it's rare. Okay. Yeah. So, but for us, for a number of reasons, it fit perfectly. Um, and so now we are in 2019, we're beginning to franchise, open up franchise locations across the United States. Um, we had several challenges there, quality control <laughs> being probably the largest yeah. one. Um, but so far, what we believe is that we really think it's going to be a very successful model. I've listened to a lot of your, your shows in the past, and, and mm-hmm. one of the common themes that, I, that I, I think you're always looking for from the people you interview is, is what challenges they had yeah. and what advice they have. Um, our franchise program, it is designed exactly for those individuals and to answer those questions. So mm-hmm. I'll be the first to tell you, just like many of the people that have been on your show and many of the, the MSPs that are out there, the number one challenge you have is scaling your business. Yeah. Okay. You start off as a single or maybe a two person MSP. Okay. And those MSPs scalability is a number one challenge. We we've mm-hmm. all, we've all been there. We go into that client and we are acting as if right. You're, yeah. you're, you have to do it. And you're walking in there and you're, you're, you're showing them your offering and you're saying, here's everything we can do for you. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to be great. We're going to have the best relationship ever. I'm going to be the best it company ever. And they're, they're on board. They love it. They love everything they hear. And then they start to ask their questions. And mm-hmm. the first question is, is how many people do you have working for you? <clears throat> well, it's myself. <laughs> me and one other guy and then you opened up pandora's box okay yeah great how many customers do you have all right uh when when you're on site who answers the phone well i got one other guy okay so when you're on site and he's on the phone yeah. who answers my call what level of responsiveness can you really give me and what happens is it's a showstopper mm-hmm. for new msps or, or new people coming into the business because yeah that's a hard challenge to overcome. And what I find is that one of two things has to happen. That business needs to take a chance on you. They really need to take a chance on you. And then you need to find enough people willing to take a chance in order for you to be able to hire your next person and your next Mm -hmm. person. Or you find that unicorn that says, sure, I'm willing to pay the MSP, but I don't need responsiveness. That doesn't (laughs) exist. Um, So it's a huge challenge. So when we started to look at, okay, if franchising is going to help us, is going to help cinch IT, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to build this program, it needs to be a phenomenal program for our franchise owners. Okay. okay. And yeah. so we it, literally every little tiny thing that we did to design our program is designed to aid those entrepreneurs who want to own their own business, want to get into the MSP field, but they're faced with all those challenges. Yeah. I'll give you an example right here. And, and so uh, <laughs> fun to say, you're actually the first, you're probably the first person that, that we've told this to. Um, or anything like that. But uh, (laughs) we, to the best of my knowledge, even of the franchises that are out there, nobody, none of them have a national help desk center. Okay. Okay. They train you, they advise you, you get their sales material, you certainly get their advertising and their branding and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. the support resides within the local franchises. 
Okay. The on-site okay. support. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of companies out there and good companies continuum and things like that, where you can outsource your help mm-hmm. and things like that. But again, you lose a little bit control of the brand, the quality. There's a, there is a lack of consistency, no matter mm-hmm. how good they are. And they are very good with us. We're, that's part of that, this 12,000 square foot, um, you know, building okay. we bought into is there's, yeah. there's this room for growth. This is room for expansion mm-hmm. for us because we want to set up a national help desk so that our franchise okay. owners can go and sell. And when they sit down and they have those same conversations of say, how many people do you have? They say, we have 50 plus individuals someday, a hundred plus 200 plus yeah. because they have the backing of corporate, which is the same standardization in the offering that we talked about that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's one phone number, it's one email, it's one, um, MR, MM, sorry, RMM program. There's one, <laughs> you know, uh, ticketing system. It's yeah. there's complete consistency across the way. And it allows our franchise owners to really focus on the growth of their business. Now they're, they're out there finding new business, you know, finding new customers to work with and handling the onsite support that we can't do here out of Massachusetts, all across yeah. the country. So the business model is designed for them it's to make sure that they're extremely successful, but it also um, helps us in a lot of the challenges that we're dealing with. So uh, it's a, it is a new, uh, a new program to us. Um, uh, it's okay. a very interesting program. We have a lot of consultants and lawyers that we're working with. And, and uh, for me, one of the most exciting pieces is there's nobody that really does it to the level that we're doing it. There's a lot of franchise. There's a, there's a couple, there's actually not a lot. There's a couple franchises out there, but it's not the same business model. What we're, you know, essentially we're talking about is, you know, combining like a continuum and a pax eight and combining these all into one franchise offering. And I think that's pretty unique. And, and okay. I and I hope it goes over really well, and and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, you know, it's determined. Well, you know, I, I saw it on your website, and I, you know, I'm like, you know, I I really I want to ask about this as, as as we're talking. So thanks for for all the information on that. And uh, anybody listening, if you go to cinchit.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a button there to acquire about franchises. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate that selfish selfish plug, right? <laughs> but it does answer um, your question. I mean, the, the these are the challenges that those, those yeah. you know, those new MSPs really face. So. so, you know, just kind of, you know, going back to, to managed services and, you know, we, we talked about your history and getting into it. What kind of keeps you driven in the MSP business? What is the best part? What do you really enjoy about, about this business? I think this is one of the few businesses where we get to have a direct impact on our customers. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty rare. I think that, um, in a lot of organizations, even in the in consulting side, your customers listen to you. They take advice from you. Uh, one of the things that I love is being able to work with our clients on a day-to-day basis um, and having a direct impact. And nowadays, mm-hmm. technology is the lifeblood of every organization. Um, what they do with that information and how they use it is so critical. So um, in all honesty, having a good MSP in your corner that advises you along the way, doesn't just fix and troubleshoot issues, but that advises you along the way. I really think that's become a competitive advantage for those businesses. Okay. You know, their technology, how advanced they can be with it, how, how well run it can be, the lack of downtime and issues that they have, it really becomes a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. um, for them. And so when we get to sit with them and advise them in, uh, on some certain decisions or help them in their technology roadmap, I think we have a, a direct impact. And I love to see that personally. I don't necessarily care about fixing a printer. I don't necessarily care about <laughs> creating a new email address. But yeah. those, 
those big decisions that we get to help advise our customers on, see those come into fruition, stay with our, you know, we have long-term relationships with our clients. Mm -hmm. We get to see those effects of their business. That's extremely rewarding for me. Yeah. So do you, do you market like as a VCI, VCIO service, you know, as as part of that? Cause that's, you know, essentially what you're, what you're, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I say our, our plan is uh, our offering, our MSP offering is all inclusive. That's actually included with our program. So we actually go out like many MSPs, we go out and we do quarterly business reviews with our clients. Mm -hmm. We have an ongoing technology roadmap. Um, You know, we, we have such good relationship with some of our clients that, you know, they're thinking about mergers and acquisitions. Hey, I'm looking at buying a new company in New Orleans or Maryland. They'll actually come to us prior to getting all that done. And they say, Hey, we're looking to buy a new business. And I say, great, let's do an audit. Let's do a technology <laughs> audit of the yeah. business you're doing. I mean, think about the yeah. impact of that. Hey, you're buying a company in New Orleans. True story. One of my customers buying a company mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And we said, sure, let's go out there and let's, let's uh, audit their technology. So we go out mm-hmm. there, we run a cybersecurity audit. We do a full assessment of their technology. We come back to the business owner and say, hey, here's what you're buying. Antiquated equipment. Mm-hmm. old servers, old desktops, um, poor strategies on backup and disaster recovery. And so they got to bring it back to the negotiation table yeah, and say, Hey, love to buy your business. Your price is X. I have to invest X into your technology from day one. The price is going to come down yeah. or this is the end of the conversation. How valuable is that? Talk about <laughs> making an impact on, on, on your clients. So, yeah. No, no, that, that, that's great. And, you know, like you said, when you can, when you can show that you've had that impact on, on different clients, those types of things, you know, helps you when you're talking to other clients, right? Cause you can use that same story and, and those types of things. So uh, being that trusted advisor, you know, definitely one of the great parts. Um, what's one of the worst things about MSP? What, what are some of the things that, that kind of bother you sometimes or wish you didn't have to deal with? Um, oh, I bet you get this a lot. Vendors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my guess is you get that a lot. Uh, you know, that's the, the synonymous, uh, you know, saying down in, in just about any help desk is we yeah. hate printers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, vendors, uh, finding good vendors and, and mm-hmm. to work with, um, oh, it's so crucial for your business. Yeah. Um, there, and, and there's, there's, there's a lot of good vendors out there, but there's a lot of bad vendors out there. And, 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 and and having to work. So again, an all-inclusive plan, we handle all that vendor management. So our clients, they, they don't worry about who does what, who's my phone, yeah. company, who's my internet provider, who's my yeah. printer, scanner, copy. They just call us. Yeah. We have all that information we liaison on their behalf. So for us, that, that that's time and money and things like that, right? Um, so when they have bad vendors, it makes that experience very, very difficult for us. That's by far my least favorite part developing good relationships and slowly transitioning our clients to work with all good vendors mm-hmm. um, is a huge, is a huge piece of uh, a technology roadmap for our clients and it, it benefits both of us in the long run. So, yeah. and then you hope that the good vendors that you're working with today don't get bought, get bought by bad vendors that uh, yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, in destroy the, the relationship. Yeah, well, um, you know, one of the things you're seeing a lot now, and I'm, I probably, you've seen it too, is a challenge that faces the MSP industry is um, some of those good vendors, we printers, you know, printing companies, for example, are starting to realize that there's money in MSP, that there's value yep. in MSP, that it's a growing industry, and they're slowly getting into the MSP world as well. So that mm-hmm. great, you know, you land in that great printing company and you love them and you recommend them all the time or that great voice over IP company, we've come to find out that some of those end up becoming competitors. So yeah. um, it's, you know, I'm, I don't think that we should fear that competition, but I think we should learn from it. You know, that uh, I read something the other, the other day that said, uh, 
uh, Netflix did not put Amazon, uh, did not put Blockbuster out of business. Um, mm. it, you know, exorbitant late fees did. So, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> you know, those partners and those vendors <clears throat> coming into the space, not mm. something we should fear, but we definitely need to keep an eye on it, learn from it. And, uh, you know, I, I think MSPs are starting to do add solution stacks to their offering as well so that they become competitive. They become that one-stop shop as well. Yeah. Um, so kind of, you know, talking about M the MSP community, just kind of, you know, in dealing with vendors sometimes, but you know, there, there's, there is a community out there. It's, you know, a bunch of different places. Um, and then there's also peer groups. So, you know, do you consider yourself as part of any particular community or peer group or, you know, something that's helped you out along the journey? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> You know, going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, when we, when we said, hey, this, I can't do this for the rest of my life. There has to be a better way. When I say we stumbled upon MSP, it's a lot of that was through peer groups. I think peer okay. groups are probably one of the most beneficial things for my business. Um, uh, everything from trade shows to peer groups. So uh, the next gen event that was just out in California, phenomenal event. Tons okay. of great vendors there. We got an opportunity to meet so many people. Well, one of the unique things they did as well is they broke up into peer groups and we got mm -hmm. to speak with different msps of all sizes small mm -hmm. ones large ones and we got to talk about our common challenges and, and, and things we're facing and stuff like that invaluable absolutely invaluable um there's other groups um you know going way back to 2000 and probably 10 or 9 uh chartech um, mm -hmm. met up with chartech um, i always say all the time if you don't have to recreate the wheel, then don't, yeah. uh, you know, Shark Tech is, is one of those organizations back then that said, Hey, we're going to give you the keys to the castle. You pay for it, but we're going to give you the keys to the castle. Mm -hmm. um, take the good, take the bad, build an offering that, that is right for you in your area uh, and take it from there. So, um, you know, you got technology roadmaps today, you got the chart you got um, all these, you know, ASCII events and the next gen conferences. There is unlimited amount of resources if you have the time and the ambition to be part of them. Um, and it doesn't also have to be just in the IT space as well. Um, we find in our area, our local chamber groups have yep. groups as well. You know, you got business owner discussion groups where you can actually sit down with a group of, you know, five to 10 business owners. You sit down once a month and you talk about mm -hmm. common challenges. Now we're not talking about anything, obviously in the entire, in the IT field, but as you're growing your business, you're going to have human resource issues. You're going to have yep. some insurance questions. You're going to have general business questions. And those groups are, are just as valuable for, for owners and presidents and, and, and managers of uh, those businesses as well. So uh, definitely we took advantage of every single one that we could because, um, mm -hmm. there's you know, budget plays into that as well. Um, and, and so I, I would not tell anybody starting off as an MSP, you know, buy a membership and, and, and fly out to every trade show on earth, but, yeah. you know, look at those, find the ones that you think are incredibly mm -hmm. valuable um, and, and realize that you, do, you don't know all the answers, but you can find yeah. Okay, great. Um, thinking about technology um, and technology in general, whether it's work-related or consumer, what technologies are you most excited about today? Oh boy, this is a good. This is actually really good timing for this because I just stumbled upon um, a new emerging technology about a week ago. I just just read, not even maybe days ago. Um, okay. Originally, I would have told you cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Cybersecurity is a hot topic now cybersecurity has always been a challenge. It becomes an increasing challenge every day. What we are finding is that there are some phenomenal partners out there nowadays that can solve a lot of those compliance issues or headaches that you have. Okay. Uh, you know, think um, uh, companies like Compliancy Group or Breach Now, they have some pretty phenomenal solutions. And for the, long, for the longest time, 
those solutions were out there, but they were incredibly expensive. Yeah. They're, they're now becoming pretty affordable where yeah. we as MSPs can actually outsource some of that, those roles and those functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's phenomenal. And any MSP that's not taking advantage of that, I think is a little crazy. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge challenge for our customers. It's a huge challenge for us. And there yeah. are answers that are out there. So that technology enable being able to utilize that technology and those, those software offerings that are out there, hmm. that's huge. Um, the one that I'm just talking about specifically, the second piece, I just read an article. Uh, I want to say when the last few days, um, from a company called Electric. I'm not sure if you've ever heard about it, but it's an MSP I, called Electric. I heard something about them just the other day. Yep, so you and me yes. both. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like we stumbled upon the same article, <laughs> but they have raised, I think it was like $38 million in funding since their inception. Uh, and the real reason is they're, they're an MSP that focuses on small to medium-sized businesses. So they mm-hmm. sound much like myself and, and probably many of your viewers and, and MSPs that are out there. But one of the things that they're working on is artificial intelligence on the MSP side. So essentially they have a chat function that is human assisted with an AI function Mm -hmm. uh, that supposedly can handle a lot of those standard routine help desk calls. I think that's pretty cool technology. God knows if I know if it works well, (laughs) if people like it, if it'll be profitable. Yeah. But I think that's pretty unique. I think that's pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, that's an emerging technology that I definitely would want to keep my eye on. Um, Nothing I ever thought about that, but I think it's great. I think that's ingenious and it just shows you how how evolved our market and our industry really uh, can be and and it's still a lot to come so yeah yeah that's you know that's great that they've got that much funding for it so hopefully (laughs) someone's actually looking at it saying it's work and it's not just a bunch of hype yeah i don't know how they're gonna (laughs) be profitable with it but i agree with you yeah somebody thinks don't worry about profits later yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so what about technologies that you're worried about or keep you up at night um honestly i I think it goes kind of hand in hand with what we just talked about so Oh, our industry has seen an enormous amount of M&A over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, mergers after or acquisition after acquisition after acquisition. Um, and I'm not so sure what that looks like for our industry long term. Um, you know, smaller MSPs going up against well-funded, enormous conglomerates is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, these companies that have 25 million plus in funding are going to be competitive yeah. Uh, they're going to be difficult to compete with. Um, arguably, you know, depending on what they do with that money, uh, they, they could make it, you know, very difficult to compete with them if they invest it properly. And it's not just thrown at advertising and sales and marketing. If they use some of those dollars um, to build their internal infrastructure, to train their people, to develop new offerings that, that nobody else can do. That's going to be a real challenge for, for our uh, industry. Now, I'm also curious, it could go the other way too, right? All these companies yeah. that invested all this money, who knows if it's a wise investment and, and we could find a lot of them fall by the wayside and, and you never know. Um, but that's, that's something that, uh, you know, I know we here, since we're keeping our eye on, because that's, that's, that's a technology that is emerging that we need to be aware of and we need to be cognizant of it. So that's a lot of competition coming away. Yeah. So the other, I can kind of the flip side of that, because I've, I've read some of these, you know, some threads and different, you know, groups and stuff about some of these national chains, sure. right. That are trying to offer, you know, the service. And a lot of people seem to think, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the relationship. I agree. And some of these, you know, nationwide conglomerates or even ones that have funding or trying to do AI, 
they're not going to be able to build that relationship with that SMB that a lot of these folks out there have. And, and that's what, you know, that's where it matters is in the relationship. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's why I say it really depends on what they do with that money because yeah. if they can invest that money and they do it in a way that still fosters that relationship or even further develop it. then I think they'll be extremely successful um, because I, I really do think the relationship is everything I, I tell. So when we go through orientation with our guys, culture is a huge piece for us. And I always tell a story of a CPA office that we went to. Uh, he was actually the CEO was having trouble at home. So we sent a technician to his home and uh, we went out there. A brilliant technician went on site, fixed the issue very quickly, very fast. On his way out the door, he noticed his TV was zoomed in. So he went above and beyond that little extra step. And he said, hey, you know your TV zoomed in? You want me to fix that for you while I'm here? <laughs> Nothing related to his job, just going above. Yeah. He fixed the TV for him and he left. And the CPA actually called my cell phone personally. And he said, I just want to tell you, your guys are absolutely phenomenal. They're so nice. They're so great. Now, my tech had already, you know, he completed his ticket. So I get to see the notes on it. And I saw yeah. that he fixed the issue quickly, that uh, he did it efficiently, that he even went above and beyond. He put a note in there that he fixed the TV while he was there as well. Yeah. Um, and so I thought any one of those things might be what he talked about when he called me and said, you guys are great. You know what he said? You guys are so great. He walked in the door and he took off his shoes without even... <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about the level of relationship. Perception is everything, right? Perce yep. Client perception is everything. Yep. And you're absolutely right. With those large you know, national companies, if they don't maintain that relationship, they're not going to do well. You know, we could I could go against a, a competitor that, quite honestly, their, their technicians have more certifications. They're brilliant technicians. They, they might even be able to fix the issue in half the time as us. Mm -hmm. But if we can have a conversation with our clients and we, you know, we have it with a smile on our face or we have a conversation over the phone, if we can have that personal relationship with them, they're going to hire us and they're going to keep us a lot longer than that other client. They're going to choose mm -hmm. us over that client every single time because they want that relationship. About three years ago, one of my technicians was having a baby and he talked about it all the time on the phone with our clients mm -hmm. and things like that. He worked on the help desk. He had never even met these clients face to face. But he has a conversation and in that conversation while troubleshooting an issue, he's talking about the fact that he's having a baby. Yeah. We actually got a phone call from a customer in Boston one day. They called into the help desk and we said, you know, Cinch IT, how can I help you? And they said, hey, this is Susie Q. I'm calling from some ABC company. And uh, is Zach there? And, and we said, no, Zach's, you know, Zach's not here right now. And they said, oh, did he have his baby? They <laughs> said, no, he's just, he's just out today. Um, is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> I swear to you, they said, no, no, no. I was just calling to see if Zach had his baby yet. I knew he was, you know, his wife was due any day now. Yeah. No, no, he didn't have the baby yet. That's it. They didn't even have an issue. They called yeah. our help desk just to have a conversation about whether one of our staff had a baby. <laughs> That's the level of relationship. You know, I don't know if you'll get that from those national companies that you're talking about. So. No. no, that's great. So we are now up to our rapid fire round. Oh boy. Are you ready? I don't this know. It's easy. <laughs> We're going to find out. No, it's easy. It's easy. So just whatever the, the first answer that comes to your head. So don't, don't take a lot on it. Okay. Um, and bacon we got six questions. Huh? I said bacon cheeseburgers. Oh yeah. That's, that's not <laughs> it. No, that's not it. Sounds good though. <laughs> um, all right. First up, Apple or Android? Android. Mac, Linux, or Windows? Windows. Okay. Amazon, Azure, or something else? Uh, let's say something else right now. Okay. So local backups, cloud, or both? Both. Okay. 
Should you always virtualize? Yes or no? Always is a strong word, so I'm going to say no. Okay. And finally, which is worse, printer support or vendor cold calls? Oh, boy. Uh, printer support, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> okay. Well, after what you said about vendors, I wasn't sure what you were going to say there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say printer support. You know, it, it, cold calling, you know, we, you know, MSP, salespeople, we make cold calls as well, right? And uh, so cold calls, you know, they might be frustrating, but, you know, they're necessary. I understand it. We got to do yep. it. Yep. No, definitely. So before we leave, any uh, words of wisdom or advice for anyone out there listening? Um, words of advice for anybody listening. I would say um, love what you do or try to find a way you love what you do. You know, that's the beginning of this entire conversation with me is, is why to become an MSP because I decided what I was doing, which was break fix. I did not want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and naturally like, any, you know, you know, young entrepreneur, or even an entrepreneur that with years and years of experience, we do this many, many hours every single day. Um, so you got to enjoy what you do. And if, if you don't, if you're coming to work and you're not in, and you're an MSP or you're an IT person right now, and you don't love what you do in any, you know, it might be a, a portion of it you don't love, or maybe it has an entirety. Don't be afraid to pivot. Uh, you, you can mm -hmm. still pivot your business. You can still make it something you love. And you're going to be very, very good at it if you enjoy it and you love it. So that would be my number one advice for anybody out there. Okay, great. Thank you. Great advice. So, Rick, thank you again. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. And I hope to meet you at one of these conferences or, or somewhere in person someday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. All right, thanks.